You're listening to the Art of Parenting podcast. I'm your host, Jeanne-Marie Penel. My intention is to share with you simple tips and tricks that will make a huge difference in your life, as well as giving you all the support and encouragement you deserve to enhance your parenting experience. I've created this safe place for us to explore the issues and concerns that matter to you bringing you clarity and solutions with Q&A sessions and inspirational conversations with world-renowned experts in a variety of fields. I've recently created a private community for us to continue these supportive and uplifting conversations. Click the Join the Art of Parenting Community Here button on this page and I will see you there. I'm a firm believer that parenting was never meant to be done alone, and I'm here to debunk the general consensus that it has to be hard. A warm welcome to you, and thanks for tuning in. Hello, and welcome back to The Art of Parenting. This is your host, Jeanne-Marie Penel. And today I have a lovely guest that I'm very excited to be speaking with. Um, Charlotte and I actually met, I was trying to reminisce, and it's been two years, and we met actually on Zoom. Uh, I was moderating a room for the 150th uh, birthday celebration of Dr. Maria Montessori, and she was sharing what she was doing in Dubai with uh, parents there. And we just hit it off. And we have been talking ever since. Uh, she is also the author of The Montessori Mission, a beautiful book, uh, Diversity, Wisdom, and Reflection, where she interviewed uh, 10 Montessorians around the world. And it's a beautiful collection of I think our love for Montessori and our vision for the world. So it is a delight to have you here, Charlotte. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for such a beautiful introduction. And yeah, it's it's mad, isn't it? More than two years ago we met and this this connection was formed in a Zoom room. And then we've just sort of gone on this journey sort of together since yeah it's it's really really special thank you so much and um talking about my my book actually the I'm not sure if your your listeners will know this story that the reason that the podcast series the Montessori Mission was turned into a book was thanks to you because you made this throwaway comment when we did the first um Instagram live launching the podcast series because John Marie was my first guest you said, oh, you should just turn this into a book. And I was like, oh, that's a good idea. And then it flew and then it happened really, really quickly. So thank you. Yeah. And I'm so, I'm so glad you did because it's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful read. So, so thank you for that. Um, so before, uh, I always like to start with this one question about what my guest, so, so you, what is your definition of the art of parenting? Isn't that such a, um, a beautiful question and on my walk this morning um preparing myself to to be in this space with you that's what i i reflected i reflected on what is the art of parenting and and it seems really easy when they're babies when they're bored <laughs> in one sense because okay we're going to be parents we're going to be mothers and fathers and then it feels like we're reborn in every stage of our child's development as well and from the Montessori perspective, it's so interesting that she talked about the child having these rebirths in every stage of development. 
And we're reborn as parents in every stage of development. Um, not only as we're, we're scrabbling for information at every stage of development, but all the things that come up from within us and our inner child and, and our um, legacy that comes from, from, from our culture and our family and our community. And that's one piece of it, I think, is the rebirthing that we have. And another piece is, I think, in modern Western society, the art of parenting has become really, really tough because in Western society, there's so many influences and so much information. And what we all really want, I think, is to follow our child's natural path of development. And that's what Dr. Montessori and many other educators um, show us to do and tell us to do. But it's so hard to do that with all the noise going on in the background and the, the competition and the focus on academics or whatever it might be and all the stuff there's so much stuff isn't there that that we are told that we need so the art of parenting in western society to me feels like for all of us but sorry what I mean is it's harder in western society but for all of us is to come back to understanding ourselves understanding our true nature uh what is what is our essence within us? Are we recognizing the, the divinity and the spirit within each of us? Are we seeing our child as they truly are, the child in front of us? Which is really easy for this gorgeous little baby in front of us. But when we have a snarling eight-year-old who's spitting and shouting and swearing at us, I would imagine it's a bit more of a challenge. My daughter turns eight next week, actually. And and I feel this, this, I really feel this strong sense of rebirthing in every um, stage of development. And um, I'm about to start in January, actually, my 6 to 12 diploma, because I'm so keen to kind of find out what, what's happening for her and, and, and learning about cosmic education through her eyes in her Montessori elementary. It's just mind-blowing um, for me. So this rebirthing of us as, uh, as us as parents and that, whilst keeping this golden thread of what is our child's natural path of development can we block out the noise and hear ourselves hear our hearts feel inside ourselves and trust in our child's innate goodness and again that's really easy with this gorgeous little baby in our arms and I haven't got to the teenage stage yet but I would imagine that when we have the natural ebb and flow and ups and downs of relationship that we have with our children in the in the adolescent years when we're doing our best to guide them and give them autonomy the autonomy but they need to have this um they need to really step into their own power and we want to keep that thread of connection and trusting their in their innate goodness so for me i think the art of parenting is trusting in our child's innate goodness which means we need to trust in our innate goodness and honouring our child's essence, which means we need to honour our own essence. And um, seeing the divinity in in the child in front of us and the child within us. And when I speak to parents about what that, what that really means in concrete terms, because it's easy to say words, isn't it? But um, if we recall when we had our, our first child, our newborn, and then those first six weeks of life, when... Their vision isn't very clear, you know, it's just the 30 centimetres, the distance from the breast to the mother's face. When 
you remember when they look around them and they have that slowness of movement and they're watching all the shadows and the light moving and you can see that divinity you can see that they've come from source or god or universe or whatever our belief system is and we can we recall that sense of divinity and spirit that we had when they were a newborn and can we continue that that's sort of recognizing the divinity within them that's the sort of feeling that I try to cult, uh, uh, recapture to recall within myself in those moments that's beautiful beautiful so the, the art I mean there's there's plenty of things that that I heard about you know rebirth about honoring them ourselves and and I think most importantly is is the trust right to trust the 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 unfolding the the natural unfolding and to to trust that we're also showing up the best that we can right if we're if like you say we're we're doing that work beautiful uh beautiful definition thank you for that um and i would love before we we get into our conversation kind of share with our listeners how you came to do the work that you're doing now um, and and what is it that you're you're doing with parents? I know that you call yourself like I call myself a parenting mentor, which I I love that. Um, but uh, but yeah, if you could share with our listeners, um, thank you. So the work I I do has really evolved over the past um, couple of years. It's really interesting when I first uh, started. Um, this this work no no longer in the classroom and working with parents one-on-one and doing online workshops it was really interesting that um the emphasis was on the the function of parenting because that's what and the function of an environment at home and that's to me say i'm talking about four or five years ago that to me felt what people wanted they wanted to have the beautiful um stereotypical instagram brown and cream and beige <laughs> environment and um the the spiritual side of it wasn't something that was um as commonly asked for or talked about and what i've really found is in in probably the past two years what that seismic shift has been where people um are looking for something deeper and very often they've gone on that path of having the prepared environment and getting all of the montessori stuff and then realizing from the child in front of them that actually it's not about all of those things and then i think i don't know it feels like here certainly here in dubai um lots more people want are seeking this deep work people are coming to me saying i'm i'm doing couples therapy i'm i'm in therapy i'm working this i'm doing some somatic healing and i realize that actually i i want to go on this path in my in my parenting journey as well and it feels like this is a really natural step for for people to do so the work that i'm doing now i do um uh, speaking events here in the middle east just my most recent one was um the government of abu dhabi put on this uh, beautiful parenting conference um and it had uh, different uh, parenting experts and lots of different things about parenting there was effects of screen time there was the importance of play there was all manner of speakers from uh, over 200 speakers from all over the world for three days in abu dhabi 
I, I follow that. That seemed pretty, pretty amazing. There were some, some amazing speakers and yeah, yeah it yeah. was really, and it was all put on by the government of Abu Dhabi and it was so unique for a government to put something together like this. And what was really, um, really, really powerful was that the majority of the the people at this conference, it wasn't Western expats. It was Emiratis that were there. It was Emiratis seeking this knowledge and looking at things from a different perspective and saying, okay, within two generations, we've come from a more Bedouin style of life to everything that we have here. But we know that we want to develop and grow our children in a way that so they can adapt to these huge shifts we've had in our society and how can we honor our society and our rich cultural heritage and support our children with this new world and that was really really fascinating for me to to see and the the feedback we have and the contacts and the connections I've made there was 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 really powerful so speaking is um uh, is is uh, something that I'm doing a lot more now in this part of the world. Um, I'm just starting a, a collaboration with a baby and childcare um, organization called Malak, and they specialize in babies and young children. And they, and I'm going to be a consultant for them in uh, parents who seek this type of work, who are coming to them saying, you're the most recognized baby and childcare um, uh, company in, in this region. So um, I want to learn, and it can be things from toilet learning, or it can be things from connection, it can be things from discipline, it can be conscious parenting, all of these different things. And then I'll be able to guide them on those different journeys. But, um, um, <clears throat> and then the, my one-to-one clients are very much a, uh, an intensive eight-week program that they go on this journey with me. And in our first call, we decide on what they'd like to work on. And as you know, from working with parents, it's usually one thing that they feel that they need support with. And then it's sort of like this beautiful gift that we can unwrap and see that there's different things to look at and different things um, to shine a light on and have self-compassion for. And um, it's such an honor to for example something like toilet learning one of my clients at the moment it's such an honor to be able to really shift someone's perspective from something that's really really entrenched and that for example they're saying that um that it's it's dirty if a child has a miss or you know oh it's smelly it's dirty and the child is in a place of shame and then to be able to open those parents to say that this is a huge developmental milestone and it's a part of uh, a child's development and elimination is completely natural. And this is a foundation for their intimate life as adults, how we can deal and support our children with this. And then seeing that shift in parents to go, oh my goodness, I wanna do this in a different way and I wanna support my child differently. And how beautiful it is that how quickly um, when the parents shift and they literally just change their energy, how the child, you can see the child be then at peace and comfort within themselves and their elimination and whatever then their path is to to toilet learning, they don't feel that energy of pressure anymore and the shame isn't there anymore. And I think that's my favourite part of working with parents is enable 
expanding them so that there is different possibilities become open to them. And we all, we, we parent, um, I, maybe it was you that said it, that we always parent in a slightly watered down version of how our parents Completely. I mean, I I always say I always say that you know, the the only instruction manual that we have is is our own childhood, and and if we don't do that work and look at it and and you know question whether we we want to replicate or we will we will kind of unconsciously do do a lot of things. So so you know what you said at the beginning, it's it's also you know inner work for ourselves as to really questioning how we want to parent. And for me, I think that parenting is our opportunity to evolve, right? It is when we become parents, it is our opportunity to to evolve our parenting because I think each generation we learn something new and and you know today we know so much I mean look at where you are you know your your government has put together this uh, amazing conference to to educate parents uh so we're 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 always evolving and and so important um and you do beautiful work because I know that you're I feel that in your work, it's it's also very spiritual, and and you know, in Montessori, we we talk a lot about the that spiritual preparation of the adult, and it's interesting how you know, oftentimes, I think that that you know, Montessori, like you say, you know, this Instagram worthy, uh, you know, photos and everything, that's just such a minute aspect of Montessori, right? That is that is the beauty of you know the physical environment but that's just one tiny little speck in the a uh, you know huge realm of what Montessori has to offer for for families for children and that the adult is part of that environment right and so the preparation of the adult is to me the most important uh, part because we're we're the ones that are going to connect the child to the physical environment and so forth. So beautiful work that you do. And and your background, you started out as a uh, Montessori teacher. You were you were trained. Uh, what what level? Yeah. So I um, started off uh, in at three to six, and that was my um, diploma at what was then Montessori Centre International in London. Um, so the Montessori St. Nicholas, as was. Um, and then when um, <clears throat> my children's father and I, we moved to South Africa. And then when I was pregnant with my daughter, so, yeah, eight years ago, I did my assistance to infancy um, at uh, a place called the Sustainability Institute just outside Cape Town. Um, and that was a... Um, the assistance to infancy course from in collaboration with AMI and Sustainability Institute. And that was really fascinating because um, there was the element of sustainability and women from all backgrounds from all over South Africa came to that AMI course. And obviously we had the very strong AMI academic side as it were, but it was culturally re relevant to South Africa and where we were and the, the lived realities of sustainability in a country of South Africa, which is undergoing huge healing from the, from the trauma of, of apartheid and colonization. So um, that was a uh, uh, start off three to six, then, then, then not to three. And, um, and here I am now. 
And and now you're going to do six to 12. So you will be trained from birth to 12. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, wonderful. Wonderful. Um, and so you talked a little bit about, you know, this work that we have to do as parents to maybe heal the inner child, maybe just acknowledge, I mean, not, you know, not all childhood need healing or, or, or such, but what, like, what are you doing differently maybe than how you were raised? Because I think that that's, you know, we, we make those choices as parents of some, some things we definitely want to repeat. And then other things we, you know, promised ourselves as children, like I will never do that. (laughs) So, so how, you know, how, would you say that you feel your parenting is maybe evolving in the way that you were uh, you were raised? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, and I like that you mentioned the two sides of it as well, because I see a huge amount of richness in terms of my relationship with food, for example, and the natural world. And there's so much richness that came from my childhood in that sense, and I and and that. Um, I'm so deeply grateful for and the areas in which that I want to do things differently. I'm seeking to do things differently and hope I'm doing things differently. And the, the, the concept and the deep understanding of this has only really come to me in the past year. Obviously I've been doing lots of things in a Montessori way as it were. And that was sort of my, my benchmark. And that was my way of explaining things and defending myself as it were in the nicest possible way but what I really have an, a sense of um in the past year and I've just touched on it in, in answer to your previous question is this idea of expansion and spaciousness and really feeling that there is that we're creating spaciousness and and creating expansiveness for our child to be so that means to hold off on the correction, to wait before. When you know that something's going to happen, you know they're going to fall over and you know they're going to drop that, you know, bottle of water or or whatever it is. But do we really know? Yeah, well, yes. (laughs) Sorry, that's exactly that one thing. Yeah, you can see something that you think is going to happen. Thank you. Yeah, I'll rephrase that. We see something that we think is going to happen. And... And it's it's never really conscious thing, and obviously harder with older children. I find it easier with babies and toddlers, but harder with older children, where we just try and allow that space to be like coming from my heart. And this is, as you said about the spiritual side, it feels like is there is there space, is there room for my child to be themselves and have their own experience? That's what really feels for me that's different. I'm allowing them to have their own experience and and being a witness to what's happening with them for them to them all of those things and and allowing that expansion so that they have the opportunity to be the fullness of who they are and experience um yeah have their own experience so if things don't go according to plan how they wanted it it to be then what do they do next? And allow that problem solving to come from within them. To, um, I know the example I had has now gone out of my head, but it's it feels like what would happen, let me give you an example of what would happen in my childhood would be 
from a place of love would be don't do that or don't do this or you've done that wrong or well if you hadn't done that then that wouldn't have happened or and that very corrective um not wanting us to make a mistake um, and then when you did a mistake, when you did make a mistake, there was sort of shaming about it. Or, well, it, you know, you didn't do it the right way or you're finding this tough because of, of this, this and this. And really, instead, offering that space and that expansion of do this at your own pace. And just a simple thing, for example, when our child is learning to write and, you know, they all go through the stage of the letters upside down or back to front, or the numbers back to front, and what have you, and and confusing the B and the D, for example, if they're, if they're speaking English, um, and just allowing that to allowing that to 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 be there. And there was an example, a really beautiful example of my daughter. She writes on her on the whiteboard every day what she'd like to do, and um, she was uh, she'd been she'd been writing on there climbing a tree. And she'd misspelled tree. She'd put tree as T-R-E. And I didn't ever say anything. And then one day she was writing Climbing Trees. And then she looked at it. And then she ran to a book, flicked through the book, and then ran back. And then added an E. And she was like, Mama, I've just realized tree has two E's. That's beautiful. And this was maybe two weeks of, of her, of, of her um, writing tree. And, and just me finding that space within myself of, of trust. Like I know she's going to work. So I don't need to tell her she is going to work this out. And, and, and to, yeah. And that to me is so much more powerful in her learning that she was able to discover, you know, the correct spelling as opposed to had you said, Oh, you know, you need to put two E's. It's like, why do I need to put two E's, right? She remembered, she read it somewhere. She went back, checked it. I mean, how how beautiful. I love that. It's really about that, like you say, you know, that the the trust, and we we come back to to trust a lot, I think, in in our parenting. But in and it's funny because I always say in my own kind of parenting, I know when I was actually expecting my daughter, I remember promising myself that I would never say, be careful, you're going to hurt yourself. (laughs) Because, you know, who am I? So today, maybe I should have said a little bit more to, you know, to my son, who's now like, you know, professional, uh, extreme sport athlete, but you know, whatever. (laughs) I'm trusting the process. (laughs) You know, he's 22, he's got it. And and he's he's doing great. And he's living his passion. So, you know, I, again, I have to, to trust that unfolding as though, you know, even though I'm, it makes me very nervous and anxious, but hey, uh, that's not, you know, that's, that's my fear, not his. So beautiful. I love that. Um, I love that. And so, so today when you, like when you work with parents, you were sharing about this, you know, this eight week process, do you have like a, a specific process that you take them through or, or is it each parent it's kind of individual? Like, do you have, you know, whether it's a breathing technique, journaling, I mean, do, do you have like some modalities that, that you use? Yes, very much so. That's um, at the beginning of every um, 
I'm actually launching a seven week program in February uh, next year, but um, which is going to be uh, covering embodied parenting um, and embodied educating. And it's for parents and educators. Um, and it's going to be uh, a seven months. Um, uh, seven months dive. or seven weeks? Seven months. This new program is going to be, uh, is going to be seven months. And um, the embodied parenting and embodied educating, for me, there's, there's five gifts that we have, and that's um, honoring the essence of the child um, within us, just as we've spoken, um, honoring emotional expression, um, the importance of attachment um, uh, that we have with our children as parents, but also when we're working with younger children, the knowledge that often the connection, the attachment they form with the caregiver in the classroom, if we're talking about a toddler community, is often the first relationship outside of the home. And that's really, really important. Um, and then the relationship between the adults in that room is also very, very impactful on, on young children. Um, and we look at the divinity and honoring the spirit of the child. And we also look at our presence, so our presence with children. And that dives into the spaciousness and the expansion. Um, and you mentioned about moda modalities. Every um, uh, session that we have, we start with um, um, intention setting and then an embodiment practice that might be meditation, it might be movement, it might be dance, it might be shaking, it might be depending on where we're going on that on on that uh, on that journey. And each month is really a journey into into each of these gifts of of embodied parenting and embodied educating. And that's going to be homework, journaling prompts, videos, and they're going to have a <clears throat> a group, a Facebook group, where each uh, participant, we're going to ask them to do weekly sharing of what's come up for them. And in each uh, module, there's going to be the links to child development in there. So, for example, in um, the attachment module, you um, will be learning about what the child developmental needs are at each stage. And then we move into uh, different types of attachment styles for young children and then how that affects us as adults, how that affects us as parenting. So each of the modules is going to be, each of the months is going to be underpinned by the child developmental perspective and the Montessori perspective, for example. Um, and then in the uh, emotional expression module, that's where we're going to be talking about connection and uh, and discipline and how all discipline only comes from connection. And in looking at our inner child, um, you know, the work of us when our child is having a tantrum is not to have our own tantrum. So the mirror is what emotional expression do we allow within ourselves? And then the embodiment practice, for example, will be linked to that, you know, healthy emotion expression how can we release what we need to um and you said about parenting and the rebirthing you know it's the the toughest job in the world with no training we you know even coming to it as educators the child in the classroom is so different to caring for a child oh completely completely <laughs> so true so true when you're working in the classroom you know you're you're on your best behavior <laughs> And then you come home and, and I know, I know, you know, when I was working in the classroom, I remember that very well, that when I came home, I would kind of let my 
guards down because, you know, like, like I said, I had been on my best behavior, caring for other people's children all day long. And, and my poor children kind of got the brunt of my, my exhaustion or my frustration of the day. And I actually, uh, understood at that moment that I needed support at home. And I actually uh, hired a girlfriend of mine who was very close to the children who would be, who would pick them up from school and kind of start the homework and the snacks so that when I came home, I had a moment to go take a shower, kind of, you know, get into my mommy clothes and be there for them as their mother and not this, you know, running from one one job to the other, basically. Because parenting, I always say it's your other full-time job. And so you need, you need a transition, you know, from one to the other. And and I always encourage parents to to seek support for that. Um that sounds really beautiful that this uh program that you're doing, because to me it sounds very uh, deep, but it's also, it kind of goes back to this aspect that we need to do, you know, that self-care, that taking care of ourselves so that we can truly show up for our children. And it just sounds like there's a lot about just taking care of yourself, right? If you're, if you're going to be dancing, if you're going to be meditating, if you're going to be journaling, like find, find the thing that, 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 you know, gives you pleasure and that is that that makes you happy and and helps you, you know, have the good intentions, helps you heal if this healing is what you need, and so forth. So that's that's wonderful. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because earlier you said, you know, when I asked you like what you were doing, you were saying how, you know, you had started with this Montessori kind of practicality and, and, you know, how to, and now it's really about truly that spiritual preparation that I think we all go through, you know, whether, whether we know it or not, whether we're aware of it or not, we, we, you know, being, being in the presence of divine little beings, which I believe all children are, is, is, a way for us to to evolve and to to grow. Beautiful. Yeah. Wonderful. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we could go we could go on for for a lot. Um just to come back maybe to to a little bit of of just Montessori because we're both, you know, we're both trained. We both I think have a great admiration for Dr. Montessori's work. Um what what do you think are some maybe misconceptions that people have around this idea of you know whether it's Montessori education whether it is a way of parenting um, what are some like some of the biggest misconceptions that that you've run across? I think the biggest misconception um, that I see here and we have and it's such a fascinating and i mean sorry here in the uae um it's so interesting because we have 93 nationalities just in the city of dubai the emirate of dubai for example and i don't work with 93 nationalities unfortunately yet but maybe i will one day but i do work with a lot of nationalities and um which is just one of the greatest gifts of, of of living here, of being in the Middle East, of seeing life through such a different lens to the one that I grew up 
with, which was a beautiful lens at the time, but I see that it was so narrow and my experience was only through the lens of a white European. And, and now coming to the Middle East and seeing the um, welcome and acceptance that is here is just mind-blowing. Um, so the gift of uh, working with different nationalities is really seeing the common, the common thread of the perception of Montessori can be one, the aesthetics, the very appealing aesthetics, and two, the sense of control, I think. It, it, there is a feeling that with Montessori, we're going to be able to magically control our children. You know, if we prepare the environment, we're going to be able to control them. And that if we give them freedom within limits, we're going to be able to control them. And I think that is the illusion that I feel that that maybe we all have, that there's one magic cure, that there's one magic um, pill that means once we swallow the Montessori pill, we're going to be able to control our children and they're never going to be rude and they're always going to clean up after themselves, of course. <laughs> they are. <laughs> so it feels like the illusion of control is um, one of the, 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 maybe the main misconception that I see with the families here. And, and to be quite honest, I think that lots of us want to have control over our children, but we're not admitting it to ourselves. And I think, you know, as you said, in your experience coming back after, you know, work and resources, we all want an easy ride, don't we? And I think once we can admit that and just, you know, that is a huge part of self-compassion. Like, this is really hard and I'm really annoyed that I want my child, that my child isn't doing what I want them to do. And I think when we can come from that and go, yeah, this is really frustrating, then I think we're at a better place to go, okay, I can't control them. And it's okay for me to be annoyed about that, but I'm going to find a different way. I think if we if we're not able to find that self-compassion of admitting that we're trying to control them, and having that honesty with ourselves, um, then I think we're coming from a different perspective. Right. And, and not only admitting that, you know, we do have like this desire to control, but also like accepting the fact that there is no controlling another human being. And that's, I mean, I think that that's where, you know, the whole, so, so this, you know, it goes beyond just Montessori. It's, it's, it's just parenting, parenting as a whole, you know, even, even, you know, the way that, 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 you know, people will talk to each other about like, you know, you don't have any control over your child. And it's like, well, no, there's, there, you know, it's, it's another human being like it's, 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 uh, and that's, that to me is fascinating. Like, you know, it's true that, that I think, we all desire to to have control over our own lives, right? Over the, our own events. I mean, and I think you know what we've just gone through this past two years with the the pandemic has has shown us how we have no freaking control. Like you know, things just happen, and we need to deal with it. Uh, and um, and it's the same thing with with children. That's interesting that you say that that misconception about Montessori of of you know control. I know the aesthetics for sure, and for me, it's it's always been like I I often have parents come to me about 
like being very uh, concerned about academics, about results, like it's going to make them smarter or, or such. And and yes, I mean, the, the Montessori curriculum is like genius and it, it goes you know way beyond our, our conventional um, education, but that is not for me the only reason we would want to know more about Montessori. So that's, yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. And uh, it's so interesting that um, we that there is a perception of, of Montessori um, and children will behave in a certain way and um, perform in a certain way, whatever it is, because that's actually the antithesis of what Dr. Montessori wanted with her peace education. It's so interesting. She saw the horror of two world wars, so she actually was developing something to create a human being for a more just and more peaceful um for a more just and more peaceful and more harmonious world and as you say we can't control anyone and we don't want to because we look at history we look at atrocities happening right down the road from here in you know in the middle east what's happening in palestine atrocities that are being committed you know when we try and control other people it's just it doesn't work and we don't want it to work either the only way it works is when horrors is when horrors happen and um so yeah it's it's really being able to let go of the of the need to to control and and giving our children developing their sense of agency and their sense of sovereignty and Going back to the inner child, as you said, when our child resists us, it can feel like an attack on our sovereignty because, again, we're going back to the inner child. What was allowed? What wasn't allowed as children? Were we allowed to have that voice? Where Was there that expansiveness for us to be able to have our own experience? And it's it's all woven in. It's all interwoven. And, and as you say, it's just such a beautiful opportunity for us to, to look at what's there and look at it all with self-compassion and maybe we have things to heal and maybe we don't but it's such um a vital exercise to just see what's there and to feel within ourselves and come back to our our bodies you know our children as you said you know the divine beings their innate goodness is there from from when they come come to this earth when they come to us and uh we're here to honor their, honor their unfolding. Beautiful, beautiful. Oh, I could spend hours with you, Charlotte. This is we're, we we speak the same language, so so I love this. But um, a, a, as we wrap up, I do kind of want to ask a a more personal question. So you mentioned that you have an eight year old, and then your you have a second, right? Your son. Yeah. My son's five and a half. Yeah, he'll be he'll be six in March. Okay, so if you were to go back maybe nine years ago when you were in South Africa expecting your first child, what wise words would you tell yourself, knowing all that you know today? Oh, oh, that's a good one. I wasn't expecting that. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, I think. you know, for me, this is a difficult topic because the children's father and I uh, separated, uh, you know, three three years, uh, yeah, three years ago. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of next year, it'll be three years. And so the 
path of parenting has been um obviously it's intrinsically linked with that relationship and the breakdown of that relationship so i really know for sure what yes what i would tell myself 9 years ago was you're doing the right thing to know to stay at home with the children when they're tiny i think that was that was something that on with everything that happened between their father and i there was so many moments of doubt of you know maybe i wouldn't have been in this position if i'd gone to work and all of these things and we should have got someone to look after you know there was a lot of of that because the position i was then in myself in terms of my own sovereignty um because of this because of the separation but absolutely i think the greatest gift i was able to give them and of course it's a privilege to be able to be at home was to be um at home with them when they were little and to experience the joy and the wonder of the world again through their eyes that has been the greatest gift and an honor and privilege to be with them on that journey and still now despite um it's tough as a single mother of course but i'm i'm still able to be there you know i'm i so that there is those moments where i can experience the world through their eyes um so i think yes 9 years ago i would say yeah you're you're on you're on the right path and actually my mentor in south africa one of my mentors in south africa she said to me I think when Olivia was a baby we when we were still in Cape Town she said you know if you can don't go and look after other people's children while your baby is at home if you can be with your baby and don't yeah don't get someone else to look after your baby while you're looking after other children if you can be at home with with her with Olivia when she's a baby and that really stuck with me and that kind of gave me that like yeah this is the right this is the the right thing to do it was possible at the time and 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 it was the right thing to do so yeah the there's just been so many gifts that have come with you know moving countries and having a different experience and so i think that trusting myself that i've done the right thing i think would be beautiful beautiful and um how like are there any parting words that you would like to leave our listeners with as we wrap up I mean, you've already dropped so much wisdom with us, but if you want to maybe tie it with a nice bow. I think what my heart wants to say is the more we understand our children, the more we understand ourselves. And the more we understand ourselves, the more we understand our children. So those moments, as you said, of of self-care, that stepping outside into onto your terrace or your garden or in the park wherever you are take a moment of deep breath in to remember who you are to feel inside our bodies our bodies contain all of our wisdom feel inside to understand ourselves then we can understand the child in front of us whether we are educators or whether it's with our own children um we have all the wisdom we need inside of ourselves and we must honor that um and honor all that we bring as parents and um this is our journey beautiful 
Thank you, Charlotte. This has been a delightful conversation. Thank you for your time and wisdom today. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's been a real joy. As you say, we can speak forever. I remember on our first conversation, we talked about theta healing and how you're a theta healer, aren't you? And I've, that's something that I've done on my journey and and how we link that into what we know about child development and, and Montessori and the way that the brain is developed. There's so many strands that come together that allow us to um, follow ourselves, follow our hearts and follow our children. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Art of Parenting. And if you did, please make sure to share it with your loved ones. And do come share your takeaways in our private Facebook community. I'd also be grateful for a review on iTunes so it can get heard by many more. And remember, if you've got a question, let me know. I'm here for you. Till next time.